In addition. I know, but it's not nice to start in the middle of a sentence. That's, yeah, in addition, now we're going to learn in addition to what we reviewed yesterday. There's more stuff to know. Are going to stop at every? I thought about it, but I thought that would just be annoying. I figured it's up a divine. <laughs> okay, in addition, every divine soul, Nefesh Elkis, possesses three garments. Right? Clearly, the Nefesh Elkis needs to go shopping. Right? Imagine your wardrobe only had three garments. Okay. Does anyone know what this viz means? What this viz actually means? I don't Oh. In the text it says viz. Viz? 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 Like, I don't see viz. It says, no, it's not viz. What? I know what it means because I can read the Hebrew. The Hebrew tells me what the English yeah. means. <laughs> but I just don't know. Yeah, that they are. It, it means. Viz, they are. I have no idea. That's what I'm asking you. Okay, well, we'll go we'll go on. Thought, speech, and action. The three garments are called thought, speech, and action. Um, it says here expressing themselves in the 613 commandments of the Torah, but the actual Hebrew doesn't say that. The actual Hebrew says the thought, speech, and action of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. Okay, there we go. We'll stop there. Okay, so the godly soul has... What's this? I don't know. I think it's. I have no idea what the word means. It's a fancy English word from Latin that means they are. Namely, right. Right. Okay. Fine. The translator, the translator decided to use fancy English words from Latin. Okay. So every godly soul, every nefesh case has. In addition, three garments. So in addition to what? In addition to the intrinsic godly essence that we spoke about yesterday. Remember that intrinsic godly essence? Yeah. And as, as of right now, what does that intrinsic godly essence guarantee you as of right now? Yeah, that we learned in chapter 18. As of right now, I didn't tell you that yesterday, did I? There's a footnote. I'm not asking you footnote. I'm asking about the intrinsic godly essence. That's intrinsic faculties, not intrinsic essence. It wants to be connected to Hashem. It wants to be connected to Hashem. And so if it's not being godly, then it's not being wrong. Yeah, it, it, it has this intrinsic need to be godly. So if it's not being godly, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's in pain. It's suffering. And if it is being godly, it's thriving and flourishing. Right? Okay. And then it has the intrinsic faculties, which we call. The seichel and the midos. The seichel is the way the godly soul perceives what? The world. Perceives the world. The well, per perceives God in the world. Perceives, right. In other words, it's not, right, for the godly soul, seichel to be working properly, what does it always have to be making sense of, seeing, understanding, relating to? God. God, right. So if the godly soul were to understand football, what would it understand about football? Well, we're, uh, 
No, I mean, I want you to think it through, given what I said yesterday. Let's say the godly soul would understand stuff about football. What would it understand about football? Hands and mouth. Yeah, I can't explain football in English. Nikki, can you use better examples? <laughs> okay. If the godly soul were to understand, I don't know. That the godly chess. soul understands that chess. football is a game and then you need to win. No. That sometimes you, you have energy and help you learn better, so you go play football. No. Well, I'll tell you about chess because chess I know. Football, I want you to do it. Chess, something, no? that that to chess. Is like a lesson you learn from it or what you see. It's so that, but that's the thing is, that's the thing is like, it's just, on the board right now, right? Nobody looks at the board and says, ooh, there's black squiggles on a white background, right? You say they're words, right? Because what do you see? Words. Words, right? So that's it, right? So when the godly soul, if it were Seich was working really well, was really healthy, <laughs> mature, and it were to... So it would like, it would see the king as a shem? It would see the king as a shem, exactly. It would see okay. how all of the pawns, they move step by step. Us. What does that remind you of? Us, right? So but when the pawn gets to the end, what can it become? Queen. Queen. What would it seem? That means that we can become ourselves. It's like the neshama in this world. The neshama, the neshama has tremendous power to. So the players of football are us. I don't know what it would see, right? But the point is, it would see something that has to do with God. That would, that's all the, the, the godly soul cycle is working. It understands everything in terms of God. God. Oh, like the weather cycle, like that. Like the weather cycle, right? Oh. So what is the godly soul? The godly soul is looking at architecture, right? It's. It's not everything. Everything is just a, another way of seeing God, another way of making sense of God, another way of reflecting about God, another lesson about how to relate to God. There's nothing else the godly soul makes sense of, other than how things bring about a clearer, more vivid sense of God. That's the only thing godly soul can make sense of in reality. And what are its midos? The midos we said that's how it feels. And there's two basic feelings, which are fear and love. Fear means the godly soul really wants to stay away from what? Things that will distance Right? And, the, and love means? Close, right? Anything that brings, anything which is godly. Good. Okay. So now, in addition to that, right? So you've got the essence, which is the need to be godly. The seichel, which is perceiving the greatness and the beauty and the wonder and the truth of God reflected in all sorts of things in reality. And that's the only thing that makes sense to the godly soul. And then in addition to that, that brings a sense of attachment of love, of being glued to everything godly, and a sense of resistance and fear and aversion to everything ungodly, yeah? In addition to that, what else does the godly soul have? It has three clothings, three garments, which are? Thought, thought speech, and action. Are they any thought, speech, and action? No. No, only thought, speech, and action of the 613 mitzvahs. Okay, good? Yeah, thank you. Okay. There's so much we can do with this sentence. Okay. The first one. So what we're going to do is we're going to first start with why are those the only garments of the godly soul? They're drinking coffee. That's an action. It says that the garments of the godly soul our thought, speech, and action of the 613 commandments. So. Because that's what you do with 613 commandments. You think, 
You speak and you do. Well, depends and covers. Yeah, but 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 my question is that drinking coffee is not one of the six hundred thirteen commandments, right? Right. Right. I wish it was because like my life would be so much better, but it's not. But it's an action, right? Right. Following your. So is drinking coffee one of the garments of the godly soul? The way how you do it. In the no, 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 no. Now you're wiggling around. Is there a mitzvah no. to drink coffee? No. no. Are the, the garments of the godly soul are the thought, speech, and action of? Is there a mitzvah to drink coffee? No. So is drinking coffee? No. It's not a garment of the godly no. soul. But is no. there a mitzvah to like take care of your body and no. clean yourself? No. 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 It's not a mitzvah. Mm -hmm. It's something you should do, but it's not a mitzvah. Okay, it not, e not everything. Yeah. We have to first take into account, and this is going to be hard, not everything that you should do is a mitzvah. You should go to sleep at night. Is there a mitzvah to sleep? No. 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 Why not though? I don't know, but there isn't. Is there a mitzvah to light Shabbos candle? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a mitzvah not to walk into a wall? No. 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 But you shouldn't do it, right? Okay. So there are things you shouldn't do. The things you should do it doesn't make the mitzvahs mitzvahs special category. What makes a mitzvah mitzvah is a good question. But there are things that are mitzvahs. There's six hundred thirteen of them. Going to sleep at night is not one of them. Is eating a mitzvah? No. Sometimes. What? So there are times, there are times when eating is a mitzvah. Mostly not. But mostly not. There are times when eating is a mitzvah, and different eatings have different technically what's exactly the mitzvah. So on Shabbos, the mitzvah isn't so much the eating, but the enjoying of the food. Right. So matzah, it's a mitzvah to eat matzah. Just eat it anyway. What makes you sick? What if it's going to kill you? Then you're then you have exempt. Then you're exempt, right? What if you really really sick for weeks? Probably not. Still have to eat it. Really? As long as you're in danger. And that's like, well, but like, sick for weeks makes you like an angel. No. Not every disease that's unpleasant is life threatening. There was a sage. There was a sage in the times of the Gemara. What about gluten free people? It depends exactly. It, it, it depends on the kind of issue they have with gluten. Some people who, so some people with celiac, if they eat the required amount of matzah, will not have any be in any danger. And if that's the only matzah available, then they're required to eat it. Or you have like the stories where they eat it anyway, and then yeah, yeah. they There was no story that I think about. There was a sage who was yeah. who was really allergic to wine, but not deathly. I don't not, think everyone knows that I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Well, this is a common feature in my class is that I say things that people don't know. That's, you know well, maybe I'm going to start telling them that even if you're... Then you tell them. <laughs> 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 I know, you should. Not everyone does it, I'm just saying. I know. Uh, not everyone keeps Shabbos. What? Not everyone keeps Shabbos. Okay. No, but like, there's like a lot of these people. Though. Anyway, there's gluten free matzah now. We don't have to go about it. No, not everything's a mitzvah, my point. Oh, no, people, you want to know things. No, people have to ask. Okay. So, not everything is a mitzvah? No. Not everything is a mitzvah? Okay. So, now, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question. What does it mean that when I put on film in the morning, that's an action, and it's a garment of my godly soul. But when I drink coffee, that's not a garment of my godly soul. One's commanded to us, and one's not. Fine, but what does it mean? I mean, like that. I was like, that I knew before I opened the Tanya. Like I opened up the Code of Jewish Law here, the Code of Jewish Law here, and it says, okay, it's the wrong part of the Code of Jewish Law, but we're going to pretend. And it says, "Thou shalt put on tefillin if thy be a man." I'm like I'm a man, 
If it is sh not Shabbos, not Shabbos. Okay, I got to put on tefillin. Then I go, okay, coffee. Thou is not required to drink coffee. Okay, so like, I don't have to do it. So now I know that coffee is not a mitzvah, and tefillin is a mitzvah. I didn't eat a tanya. Come along, tanya. Open up the tanya. And what does it say? That drinking coffee is not a garment of the godly soul, but tefillin is a garment of the godly soul. I'm thinking, what am I? What is? I mean. I already knew that drinking coffee wasn't a mitzvah. And I already knew that putting on phone was a mitzvah. So what's the new information that I'm getting? It just says garment. So the tefillin is having clothes right now. There we go. The nefesh is having clothes, not walking around naked, right? That would be the argument, right? That if I'm wearing tefillin, my nefesh case, my godly soul is walking around clothed. And if I'm drinking coffee, it's just, no, it's just it's naked. It's not naked, it's just there. There without clothes. <laughs> like I have six. I'm sorry. I have seven children. They were all born. They were just there, and then they put clothes on them. One second. So, so before that, they were naked. So you can't get worse. Like after naked, like then you do a bear. What's gonna be? I don't know. We're not talking about a bears. The bears are like I don't know. Chapter twenty four. We'll talk about a bears. Like why why rush into bears or? Like, I'm just talking about coffee. Like, we're all like eating being idols. Like, <laughs> stay focused. Okay, so what is it? So I'm asking you. One way. What's the thing? Yeah. One possibility is that if I'm wearing if tulin, then my godly soul is clothed, and if I'm drinking coffee, it's naked. That if you're making a bracha, which is a mitzvah, your godly soul is clothed. But then when you're talking about how good the food tastes, it's now it's naked, right? That's one possibility, right? It's a lot of being dressed every day. Right. Well, but that doesn't make sense. Because Why not? You would then, in theory, you would always want to be dressed, which means that you would only be doing six or deep and everything else you should do because then you're going to make it a lot Maybe that's true, but we'll get to that later. Like, not in chapter four, though. We'll get to that in chapter seven. Or it is in chapter seven. It is in chapter seven. Whoever will be here when I'm still teaching Tanya, we are in chapter seven, and they will get to that. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I want you to think about it, is it is what the altar is saying that when you're doing a mitzvah, you're also wearing clothes, not it's naked, or what would the other possibility be? Adding an extra jacket. When you're doing a mitzvah, when you're doing a mitzvah, your godly soul is wearing its own clothes. You are like that. But if it's doing something else, it's wearing someone else's clothes. So now let's think about this. Let's read the sense again. In addition. Every divine soul possesses three garments, thought, speech, and action of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. So what does that sound like? In addition. In addition to all the other stuff we know about the godly soul. Oh, the, the No. In addition to the fact of godly essence. It's adding. In addition to the godly essence, in addition to the seichel and the midos, what else does the godly soul possess? Just the three garments. Just those three garments. Now, do you ever use things that aren't yours? You don't, okay. Sometimes, sometimes that's stealing. Sometimes it's not. Right? But just because you're using something doesn't make it yours, right? So there's a very famous analogy about a poor man who had to go to a wedding and he didn't have a suit. So what did he do? He went to the rich man and borrowed the suit, rich man's suit, and then he went to the wedding, right? But we all understand that the rich man didn't go to the suit, just the rich man's clothes. And just because the poor man's wearing the rich man's clothes, does that make him a rich man? No. no. So that means it's very important. A, a, could the godly soul 
be wearing clothes that don't belong to it. Yeah. yeah. In theory, but does In theory. Feel like he does. <laughs> I just drank coffee. Do I have a godly soul? Yeah, but it's not wearing the clothes now. Well, I mean, who do you think was drinking? Who do you think was drinking? The, that was the bracha, and I'm drinking the coffee. <laughs> the mitzvah is the bracha, not the coffee. But if you're wearing the clothes at the time being, the clothes. Hashem doesn't mind if you drink coffee. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a little we're gonna have a little detour, okay? Because we're not gonna make any progress if we don't have a detour. Do you know that there's a law that you're not allowed to teach certain halachas to a class? You're only allowed to teach them to two students at a time? No. Do you know why? Because when you someone asks a question, the teacher starts answering, and the other students start talking amongst themselves, and they don't hear the answer. Certain halachas are so sensitive that we're afraid that if there's three students in the class, the two students are going to talk amongst themselves and not hear the answer. Mission Chagiga. That what we... Certain halachas are only allowed to be taught to two students at a time. That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Not right now. Okay. Now. So. So now. Okay. Let's take a step back and talk about learning in general and learning Hasidus in particular, learning Tanya in extra. Can you say extra particular? Probably not, but we're going to say that. Okay. When you are learning something, what is the task that you should be trying to achieve? Understand. Right. Now, understanding is not synonymous with confirming what you already know, nor is it synonymous with making you feel good, nor is it synonymous with being practically applicable in your life. So if you insist on whatever you learn conforming with what you already know, or making you feel good, or being instantly applicable to your life, will you ever understand anything no. new? Which no. Is what Which is what's happening, right? This is especially true when you're learning things that are not intuitive, like Hasidus. Hasidus is not intuitive. If you learn enough of it, it becomes intuitive. Why would it become intuitive if you learn enough of it? So understand it. Right, but if you learn enough of something, what happens to your mind? It changes how you think. And so that things used to not be intuitive become intuitive. But if you haven't learned it to that degree, right, no then you're probably going to make mistakes, right? Okay. So then you really have to be on guard. Okay? Then you add the fact that Tanya is written in a very terse style. That literally every sentence is what in other places in Chassidus would be entire discourses. So that means that you really have to be focused on what we're trying to understand here rather than everything. Okay, so let's go back. The godly soul possesses garments, right? Now, and these garments are very specific. Number one, they are thought, speech, and action. But not any thoughts, not any speech, not any action. Just 13 mitzvahs. Not everything that we're supposed to do or that's good to do necessarily qualifies as one of those garments. Because not all of them count as a mitzvah. And so now we understand what is Alter telling me by saying that these are the garments that the godly soul possesses. Yes. No, no. You're not going to touch on what that means. Because 
it, 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 it's not saying outer garments as opposed to inner garments. It's just saying they're outer garments as opposed to the intrinsic faculties. Okay. As opposed to intrinsic faculties. It's contrasting intrinsic faculties with outer garments. Okay. So now, if I possess a garment, let's say this jacket, this is mine, yes? When I'm wearing it, I'm wearing my jacket. Good? Yeah. Now the question is, what, what is the thing we're contrasting that against? Are we contrasting me against like not wearing the jacket at all? Right? So then the corollary would be in the godly soul, but the godly soul is not doing it so that it's naked. The corollary, that instead of wearing my jacket, I wear someone else's jacket. In which case the corollary would be the godly soul, instead of wearing its own garments, it's wearing someone else's garments. Right? Which is, like, before even before, like, when he says these are garments that it possesses, it means, like, those are the only garments it can wear. So if it's wearing garments, it's only these. Or it means that these garments belong to the soul. And there are other garments available, but they don't belong to the soul. Like, which thing is the altar ever trying to tell us? I think number two. It's number two. You were right. It is number two. What do you mean, why? No, I mean, right. That some of those garments, some things that you do, something that you say, something you give out, right? They belong to the godly soul. In other words, all your thoughts, all of your speech, and all of your action are garments. But not all of them belong to the godly soul's wardrobe. So, is your godly soul ever naked? No. Generally speaking, not, right? As long as you're like a thinking person, you're at least thinking, even if you're not speaking and doing, right? Unless you're in sort of like a state of like beyond thought. But for most of us, we're always thinking, okay? So then the question is are the clothes the godly soul's wearing its own? Or. Not its own. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, as speech being like part of the godly soul's garments, then how can sometimes like people take like a vow of silence, like not for a whole life, but like sometimes like a young people are able to not speak? Is that still like? It reminds me of a good story. Mm -hmm. Like those. So someone read a book. Don't speak any idle chatter for 40 days. Then you have a revelation of Eliyahu Hanabi, Elijah the prophet. And he did this, and there was no revelation. So he comes to the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov will do right. It's a idle chatter. Meaning that when it says in the Holy Book you're supposed to do it, don't speak any idle chatter for 40 days, what does that mean? But you like your brain just goes on autopilot and like when you're sitting there praying and your mouth is just like saying words but your mind is thinking about other stuff. A person who lives like that for 40 days then doesn't have a little lovely. Obviously not. But it means that a person who is so sensitive to what's going on in their mind and how they utter it, right? That everything that is carefully considered, right, after four days, that kind of revelation of Eliyahu and Okay, whether it actually is true or not inside, but it means. So you know, a person taking a vow of silence, the purpose of taking a vow of silence. Or just makes a decision. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be silent. What are the points? Right. So it's much more about controlling your mindset, thought, and speech together than to just like shut your mouth and don't say anything, right? Which is why some say I can do that. It means I'm gonna focus on my davening. I'm not gonna have a conversation, right? But I'm like, and then your mind is off, like thinking about who knows what. Like, there's no point in that, right? And when people take things that literally, they'll show Make sense? So you don't think people should do that? If you have a really bad problem of saying things that you shouldn't say, then you can decide that I would think it's important. Like one day, don't talk, even if it's for practical, and then you're not. There's no point to that. That's 
No, there are people. There are people. There's a concept. There's a concept. There's a concept. There is a concept for people not to talk on during time days or when they're supposed to be focused on them. So for example, okay, I'm not gonna talk, talk Rosh Hashanah, but, but the point is your mind's supposed to be engaged somewhere and they forgot about the things. It's, it's just a matter of like not speaking focused, not speaking speaking. I was talking to them and they didn't answer. I was like, what is this? Yeah, so there's a concept in Kabbalah, there's a concept in Kabbalah which is called, the, uh, it's called in Hebrew, which means the uh, first leech off of holiness. Yeah. And that's just basically saying that the practices become corrupted into foolish and stupid things. And the common feature, you should identify it. And not everything that people do that supposedly has a certain holiness is really that holy. Such as, it's like, so I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to do So I'm like, no, 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 because I'm talking. Yes, you're really in touch with the sanctity of the day now. Okay. Yeah, like, so I'm going to take a special hour a day and not speak any Lashon Hara. Because, okay, I probably know what I'm thinking about. It doesn't work. They, 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 they definitely have an, they feed off each other. But let's get back to the top. So, so anytime you're thinking or speaking or doing anything, your godly soul is clothed in that. It's wearing those garments. But only sometimes are they the garments of the godly soul. Now, what does that mean, they're the garments of the godly soul? Yeah, but what does that mean? What, 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 like... Okay, so now, if I come in to this, and I'm wearing this jacket and this shirt, right? I have this hat, right? That would be fine, right? If I come in, and not, it's not part, okay? I come in and I'm wearing a fire, um, a, a firefighter's helmet and like firefighter stuff, and I come in, I start giving the class, right? you would all probably look askance at me, right? Mm. What? It's not wrong with that. It's wrong, right? So it doesn't fit, right? The clothing doesn't match the person. The person's a rabbi, the person should dress like a rabbi, not like a firefighter. If you're a firefighter, dress like a firefighter, right? Make sense? Right? It'd be also weird if the firefighter shows up right, with a kapata and a hat. Right? Put out a fire. <laughs> Put out a fire. In other words, the clothes should fit the person, right? You know, you, you can't be surprised if you're the doctor in the hospital and you dress um, with like you come in wearing jeans and like a Hawaiian t-shirt, right? And you walk around you walk around the ward and nobody treats you like the doctor because there's a mismatch between the person and the clothing, right? So this idea is that the clothing should fit the person, right? Who the person is should wear the type Okay. So then, when the godly soul is drinking coffee, what would that be like? Teaching a firefighter. That's right. There's a mismatch between the one wearing the clothing. The godly soul would be drinking coffee. Why? I don't know. We're not no, going to find that out until like chapter that. nine. No, not why. The so if it happened. Can't drink coffee. Sure it is. Watch. But I don't see why you're not a godly soul. You're a person who has a godly soul. And then my godly soul is infused in everything I'm doing. So then I don't see why that's an issue. If the coffee's going to help you, let's say, learn, sit and learn Torah. Imagine that. Have I told you the story about when I changed the things in the sewer? Yes. Okay. So, I didn't fall in. I climbed it. It was intentional. Basically, basically, when uh, my sixth child was born, we had the bris on sukkahs, all the family staying with us, and then the toilet got clogged. And you can't get a plumber on Cholomite sukkahs because everybody's religious and nobody wants to go to work. So, the choice was one toilet for the whole extended family or 
fix it. So I did all the usual stuff so to fix it. So then I had to open up the septic tank and climb down and clean it out by hand. They're cockroaches. It was disgusting. Now, do you know what I don't own? I do own a plunger. I had a pl it's the first thing I tried. <laughs> I was like, oh, the toilet's broken. Into the septic tank. <laughs> there were steps well before that. It was after two hours of like calling a friend of mine who's a plumber, like giving me suggestions. So it was like, it was like I mean, basically, you need to go to the septic tank. That's basically what it sounds like. You're like, okay. Um, you know what I don't possess? Proper In terms clothes. of proper clothes to go down to a septic tank. Oh. I don't. Where did you go? You know where you flush the toilet? Yeah. The stuff goes to a big container. Where? Underground. Because it don't have a lot of in your front yard. You don't want to know. It's like where? It's, it's like in your front yard. Your front yard. Everyone has yeah. a septic tank in the house. Not everyone. Uh, every yeah, it's built. You depending 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 on how it's built depending on how it's built it might be for if it's an apartment building usually an apartment building will have one or two of their own if it's private houses then usually a few houses in the neighborhood have depending on exactly you know the building codes in your particular locality it exists trust me. Does your house have your own? Not necessarily. You didn't go in. You put your hand in. No, you just like you know those little manhole covers. You open it up. You climb down. It's disgusting. Well, there were three from my building. But you can't go run and go down the street. No, no. No, I just don't understand how the building is done. Yeah. How can you walk in there? You can't breathe in there. Water. It's a hole. It's a hole. It's gross. The point is, I didn't have clothes that are like meant for this. Plumbers have clothes for this. Okay, so I went in. It was cholamite. You can't do that. They don't know. Anyway, so I, 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 um, I go in, and you know, the great thing about your skin is that your skin can be washed very, very well. But clothes, at some point, you just decide that it's not worth it, and what do you do? Throw it away. That's right. So what happened to that? Because these are the only kinds of shirts that I own. So just, right? So there, so there went a pair, wear a pair of black pants and white shirt, because that's just happened to be all that I own, and that was that. Okay, now, but let's imagine that I was, let's imagine I was, I had planned for this in advance, and I got myself some plumber clothes, right? When I was putting on those plumber clothes, it's still, like, it's not, it, it's the right clothes for the circumstance, but it's not the right clothes for, for, the, for the person. Why? Because I'm not a plumber, yeah. right? So even if I'm wearing clothes which are useful, they still don't really belong in my life, because that's not that's not the life that I'm living. If I was a plumber, then they belong in my life. That's the life that I'm living. So we have to understand here what. You're just a planner, like you're like, I want this muddy shirt that I had that I wore hiking once. I want to keep it because. That's sentimentalist. So don't don't take the analogy too far. So does that mean in an ideal situation we shouldn't be drinking coffee, shouldn't be sleeping, shouldn't be doing all that? No. We'll get to that much, much later. What it means is like this. What it means is like this. When is the godly soul do, wearing clothes that the godly soul can say, yes, these clothes match who I am? When you're doing mitzvahs. When you're doing mitzvahs. If the godly soul is wearing then those are not, those are, right? Wear the mask. This is not mine. I don't like this. I mean, I haven't to technically own it, right? But it's been mandated to me and I might need to wear it. But there are clothes, in other words, that fit who you are. And there are clothes that don't fit who you are, even if you might need to wear them. Even if it's right? And, and the problem, of course, would be that if there's clothes, that, there's clothes that, that don't really fit who you are and you're wearing them, even for a good reason, right? 
um, people might make the wrong judgments about you. Right? And if you get used to wearing them, you might start to forget about who you are. And like, but the idea is that the godly soul is, the, the godly soul is always clothed in something. The question is, is the thing that it's clothed in actually reflective, actually matching who the godly soul is, the kind of being the godly soul is, or is the godly soul wearing strange garments? So the things, the things that it's meant to be wearing is, is like... With That's right. Okay. So if the godly soul is thinking thoughts of mitzvahs, speaking words that are mitzvah, doing actions of mitzvah, then the godly soul is wearing clothes that fit, that match it. Right? That's why we say that those are the ones that it possesses. That's in its wardrobe. It could be wearing other clothes. It may even be legitimate that it's wearing other clothes. Right? It might even be a bad thing that it's wearing other clothes. But those are clothes. Right? It's like when um, my father used to my father used to work in a in a place that did deal with very sensitive electronics. So when I go visit my father at work, we had to wear like these like what scrubs? Great like scrubs because like the, you have to make sure the static electricity doesn't like mess the electronics. So it's very important, right? But it's like weird. Like these are not these are not the clothes that you would wear. They're they're important. They're functional. They're needed. But but they're not like that's not why I'm not I'm wearing them because of the circumstance. I'm not wearing them because of who I am. Not because, right? So the godly soul, when the godly soul is thinking thoughts or, or speaking words or doing actions that are not themselves actual mitzvahs, then it's wearing clothes that are foreign. Maybe legitimately so. Legitimately foreign? Foreign. Okay? And therefore these clothes don't really match. They don't really fit. If you knew the godly soul, you look at those garments, you say, that's weird. That doesn't really fit. Why is that the case? Like, why are you, why are you wearing these weird garments? Okay. So that's the first thing we need to know. Right? Which means, if we ever want to meet our godly soul, or anybody else's godly soul, for that matter, in like a normal encounter, what's the, how's that going to happen? What's going to be doing mitzvahs, right? Because like, going again, right? If you see me dressed in a very unrabbinic way, right? Then you would make presumptions about me and like, oh, what's going on? It's like, it's not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not getting an accurate reflection. Okay. So it is not the case that the godly soul only wears mitzvahs. It's the case that when the godly soul is wearing mitzvahs, they match, they fit, and when it's doing anything else, they don't. They don't. Okay. Now, this of course raises the question, why are we using the analogy of wearing clothing at all, right? Right, but the analogy should fit the idea. Okay, so now what we need to do is we need to talk, generally speaking, about why we call thought, speech, and action garments. So we're not going to talk about specifically mitzvahs, we're just going to talk about these factors of thought, speech, and action. What do they all have in common? You can change them. But we have to add an important thing, you can change them at will. So you can change what you're thinking about at will, right? If you decide you want to think about something else, then what happens? you're thinking about something else. Yeah. If you decide to do something, you do it. If you decide not to do something, you don't do it. Right? Sometimes the Bachram tell me that they really wanted to come to um, class. And I say, that's so sad. And I say, why? And I say, well, I mean, it must be that someone like, locked you into your room or chained you to the bed or something. Because if you wanted to come, then what would have happened? You would have come. So clearly, like, someone like physically, like, you know, Trapped you or something? No, because something could happen. Well, Wanted to come, but it didn't work out. Why? Why? 
I, I, I wanted to come, but then by the time class started, I didn't want to come anymore. Okay, then that's also sad. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, so then a bacteria kept you in your bed. Like what? If you really wanted to come, you would come. If you want to come, you You can decide. This isn't right. Important. You decide what you do. You decide what you say. You decide what you think. And if you didn't say it, then that means you didn't want to say it. So sometimes you. What? But sometimes people say things we don't mean. Well, I, we're talking about here things that are intentional. I'm talking about like we're not talking Fine. about accents, right? Everything in Tanya, by the way, is talking about. The, mm -hmm. It's very important. Is the entire Tanya is only speaking about consciously decided behavior. We are not talking about what if, what if I accidentally, unless explicitly otherwise stated in Tanya, we are not talking about I didn't know, it was a mistake. We're talking about person's best, like living life with your eyes ahead, it's what you're doing. So if, yeah, you're in bed and there's a class and you know there's a class and you don't go to the class, well clearly, unless you were sick or the door was locked or you were chained to the bed or something, then you didn't want to go, okay, fine. That's that simple. Which, fine, you're allowed to do that. You're an adult, you can decide what you want to do. So these are all things you can change at will. Can you change your seichel at will? Yeah. Like, like what your thoughts? Like your, no. No, we define it. Seichel, right? So, let's go back to the water cycle thing. You can't, because if you don't know how to, like, if your seichel isn't developed, you can't just, like... Even if it is, even if it is, right? I'm teaching you something right now, right? So what am I trying to change in you? Your hair color? No. What? Our seichel, right? Trying to understand the way you perceive reality, make sense of things, right? And you are changing our perspective. That's true. But can you just decide, I want to understand, then poof, you understand. No. I want to see this as real and relevant. Poof, it just is real. No, it doesn't work with that, right? Can you just decide to raise your hands? Yeah. yeah. Can you decide to think about a purple elephant? Yeah. yeah. So you could decide those three things. You can decide thoughts, you can decide speech, you can decide action, you can't decide seichel. You can decide to start working on your seichel, right? And that can take a lot of time and you might succeed in changing it the way you want, but that's like, it's a large drawn out effort, right? Can you decide if you don't like somebody, decide just you're gonna like them, starting now? You can work on it. You can work on it, so there's the rule. If you can decide to work on it, but you can't decide to do it, it's not a garment. It's considered part of you. Because garments, just like physically, what can you do with garments? You can take them off. What do you mean that's part of you? I'm going to explain. As a general rule, I say the same thing multiple times using different words. Garments, you can take them off yeah. and put them on at will, right? Mm -hmm. Are you a different person because you put on different clothes? No. No. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. If you have to work on something in order to change it, and that means, is it like a garment? No. no. So it's like part of you. Like think about it. if you're strong, or if you're weak and you want to become strong, right? You can work on that, right? By exercising, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If you are, you want to change your weight one way or the other, right? Advocate is underweight, right? You want to change the weight. Can you just decide? No. no. Okay. Those are things about yourself. So if something is part of who you are, and you want to change it, it's going to be a process. It takes time. So seeing the reality of God, that's the seichel of the godly soul, that takes time. It's a process because that's actually an intrinsic part of the soul. How the soul, strongly the soul feels glued to God, how strongly it wants to stay away from things that are ungodly, those things take time. The love, the fear, these things take time to work on, to change, to develop. 
If you decide to light a Shabbos candle, assuming that the candle's available, then you just do it. If you decide to make a bracha, you just do it. Right? If you decide to think something or not think, you just do it. So the key thing about the of garments is that the reason why they're called garments, or the first reason they're called garments is you can change them without changing yourself. Yeah. Can you like have had a garment already and worked on something and then have kind of give it back? Like a Yeah, but if it's a garment, it's different. So an example of a garment would be right now I'm teaching you Tanya. If I were to stop teaching you Tanya and start talking about politics and I switch garments. Yeah, it's that so simple. You you start learning Tanya and then all of a sudden one day stop. So you don't even Kind of put that garment back on. You, you could do that. Yeah, you could, yeah. No, you could just go put it back whenever you want. Garments, pick them up, put them on, take them off. It's, just, it, I mean, it's that simple. Okay. Is this what you can have a religious Jew if they don't have like, a safe That's right. You could also have the reverse, right? You could have, you ever see little kids wearing their, their, their parents' clothes? Okay. It's very cute, right? as long as they're like once in a while thing, but it's like they can't actually live life that way. So what would happen if you've got a person who's doing lots of mitzvahs, right? But their godly soul is pretty undeveloped. They, right? In other words, they're seichel. They don't really perceive God in the world. They don't really feel a strong attachment to Hashem. So they're mostly an animal soul. They're mostly a human being wearing godly clothing, right? So imagine you, like, you have somebody who wanted to be a doctor when they were a kid, but they did a lot of stupid things as a teenager, and they got kicked out of high school. And um, then they went to community college, and uh, they learned how to be a mechanic. But from time to time, they go put on a um, doctor's outfit and wander around the hospital because they like people looking at them as if they're a doctor. So like, there's something. So there's something odd about it. like deep, deep, deep inside. Maybe there's some resonance with the clothes you're wearing and, and, and who you are. But like in any like practical sense, it's a mismatch. So. A Jew who does a lot of mitzvahs but doesn't really perceive God in every moment of life and doesn't really feel a strong desire to cleave to God and a strong aversion to things that are ungodly. Yeah, it's like deep, deep, deep down. There's this sense of desire. Oh, it's to like playing dress up all day. Yeah, which is not like a good way to live your life, is it? No, not at all. Oh, okay. No. I thought there's a book about, about like, how to work on that. What, what about like, like fake it till you make it? Play dress up. Like, until it becomes real to you. Like. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It depends what your goal is. And it depends what you mean by faking. If your goal is to have more godliness in your life than less, then always do a mitzvah and never don't do a mitzvah because that's just the way it works. Okay. If your goal is to develop a deep sense of connection to Judaism, and all you do is dryly go about doing mitzvahs out of habit and routine, well then you're like setting yourself up for misery. But it could eventually become. It never eventually becomes. No. No. What if it, it's, it's, it, it, it's like if you're doing mitzvahs, then there's enough godliness present in your life that there's what to work with. It's like if you have a fully stocked kitchen, now you can make really good meals, but having a fully stocked kitchen doesn't actually mean that you have good meals to eat. So it is true that doing mitzvahs comes before everything, 
and doing this is ultimately the most important thing that Tanya is going to say. We're going to get to that later in this chapter. But it is not the case that merely doing mitzvahs and never trying to develop your seichel and your midos, your, your, your actual sense of the reality of Hashem and your own personal desire to be attached to Him and aversion to everything that's, that's not godly. If you're not developing that, then there will always be a mismatch between the religious life of Torah mitzvahs and who you are as a person. That will just, right, you're wearing the wrong clothes. And it's true, on some deep, deep, deep level it matches, right? Like the guy who wanted to be a doctor. But only match on that deep, deep level. There's too, and there's, that dissonance is going to be a problem. Right? And that's something that many people who are observing face. Many people, um, and as you grow in life and you become more capable of experiencing yourself in deeper ways, if the seichlamidos aren't growing in accordance, the dissonance, you might not have had it when you were younger, but you'll have it when you're older. You might not have had it when you were, you know, at a more earlier stage in life when you were more optimistic, but as you become experienced more, then maybe you do start to sense that dissonance. So the, 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 the idea that the clothes match works both ways. The go- I could, my godly soul could be very well developed. Is it wearing the clothes that fit it? And then the reverse. I could be having the clothes, but I'm not really, my godly soul isn't really so developed. So it's much more of just like, there's not a godly soul so much wearing these clothes as a person wearing these clothes. And so the thing that the, 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 the and the reason is because just like clothing or something you can take on and take off without changing who you are, right? To become a doctor means you have to go to medical school and residency and all that stuff. That, that's, that's a process, right? You can decide to do that process. You can't just decide to be a doctor. But you can decide to put on a white jacket. That's easy, right? And this is, this is, this is exactly what the Alter Rebbe is saying is that we have to make a differentiation between the Torah and mitzvahs and you. Who are you? You are the way you perceive reality. You are how you feel about things. That's you. The Torah mitzvahs aren't you. The Torah mitzvahs are things you you take on, you put on, or you could take off. And if you are developed in a godly way, then the Torah mitzvahs will fit you, they'll match you. And other things won't. But if you're not developed in Galloway, then the reverse. Then other things will match, and the Torah mitzvahs won't match you so much. Okay. Now, let's let's take an an example of this. Okay. Give me a mitzvah that you enjoy. Making challah. Making challah. That's not a mitzvah. Saying the bracha. What? Saying the bracha. Saying the bracha. Okay. Separating challah. What do you enjoy about it? Okay. Are there other times you feel that way about things that are not mitzvahs? Yeah, helping somebody. Helping someone's a mitzvah. Doing something to myself. Doing okay. A haircut. Okay. So let's do that. So taking challah, you like taking challah because you feel good about what you've done, right? And you like getting haircut because also you feel good about what you've done. But what's a mitzvah, and what is not, right? Okay, now, so that means, what is the thing that you really feel connected to? The mitzvah part or the other part? The part that's similar to the haircut? The mitzvah part. Well, then how do you have the same feeling with the haircut? Then it's not the same feeling. That's an interesting question, right? 
is it the same or is it not the same? Because if it's if it's really about the mitzvah, then it's something I should only be find in mitzvahs. That would. Good, good, good. This is exactly what I want to get to. If the feeling is the same, then you're not connecting to the mitzvah. You're connecting to something else, right? If, if, you, if somehow like this is a mitzvah and that resonates with you, and so then on some level the clothes are matching, right? Question. Yeah. It looks like you have a feeling more than a question. If I just, like, if I feel good, or not good, I feel energy. Yeah. I don't know what I feel. I feel like stimulated, or, yeah. Even if it maybe it's coming from a place of me, from me. Yeah. When I do the mitzvah and I get the haircut. Yeah. That's a problem. It's, it's a problem. I'm not judging. There's no judgment. Okay. I'm just, we're just, just diagnosing things. We're just describing what they are. I get, I'm I get, not judging anybody. I feel anybody. differently about both. Okay. But both of them give me energy to want to do something else. I'm like... Okay. Okay. But I feel different. That's good. Fine. feel but different. both do the same. Well, clearly not if you feel different about them. They have similar effects, but not the same thing. Okay, but now let's 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 now let's change challah just a little bit. Yeah. But is there a place where eventually, if your garments are always up to par, but your sikh isn't at some point that it breaks? Yeah. So well, so you can't want to like Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It does break. Now, whether that means the person like stops doing mitzvahs is like a situational thing. Like it could be they're afraid of going to hell, or it could be there's so much social pressures they'll keep doing it. But internally it'll break. It'll get to be a point where they experience this deep self alienation, like they're like they're living a life of, that's contradicting who they are. At some point, if the garments are so different, what what you're thinking, what you're making yourself think and say and do is so different from how you see the world and how you feel, that at some point you start like disassociating. Now whether it means you stop doing or not, that's again. What if, like, it's not always so, but it's a little bit, or okay. some areas? Yeah, people. It's not nothing in Tanya is black and white. We only describe things as black and white to, like, put two sides of the, of the spectrum. And everything we learn in Tanya is always has a gradation to it. It's not halacha. Halacha is, like, permitted, forbidden, that's it. It's always gradations. But that's how our life is also. What? Not everything's black and white. I know. That's why Tanya's a better book than Shulchan Aruch. Because <laughs> it deals with the fact they're gradations. I didn't say it's a more important book. It's just it's a better book. Of course, the main theme of Tanya is how to really enjoy life while keeping Shulchan Aruch. So there you go. It's not like you can have one without the other. Yeah. So does Hashem want us to wear certain garments and then we choose other ones? Well, right now I want to focus on what your godly soul wants, which is your godly soul wants to wear which garments. Like, it's very important that we don't make the focus on pleasing Hashem right now. We'll get to that later in this chapter, by the way. The focus is like, there's a godly soul, right? And what garments do the godly soul feel like? This fits, this feels right. These are the garments I should be wearing. Those are? It happens also to be the ones Hashem wants. But the thing is, and when it's wearing, what? 
but so the thing is, the thing is, there's, there's two different elements, and it's very important that we become that this becomes a little bit more intuitive to us. There's the question of putting garments on and off, taking them on, taking them off, and do the garments fit me? Do they match me? Can I have all the garments of the godly soul, but they don't fit? They don't match me. Yeah, yeah because my seichel, my perception of Hashem, my midas, how I feel about Hashem, is not sufficiently developed. So the godly soul is not really so much there. Is that why a kid wouldn't have to do mitzvahs? No, kid doesn't they're not respond because a kid can't actually choose to do things fully. When you become a parent, you'll realize that that children like they really, really can't control themselves. I'm going to talk about talk about thought, but I don't know if I'm going to get to it today. I want to, I really want to make sure that we're all on the same page with this basic point before we make it any more complicated. Because this is like the basic idea, and then there's a lot of things that stem from this. Okay. What the altar is saying is like this, okay? Is doing Torah and mitzvahs the same thing as having a developed godly soul? No. No. But if you have a developed godly soul, what kinds of actions and speech and thought will fit, will feel right to you? Mitzvahs. Only in Torah and mitzvahs. Now, other things might not be necessary, but those are the things that feel right, that they belong to you. And on the other hand, and this is equally important, if your godly soul isn't developed and you're doing Torah and mitzvahs, will the Torah mitzvahs themselves really feel like they belong to you? No, which is why we often talk about doing mitzvahs for whose sake? Because what's not developed? Our seichlamidos, our own sense of God, our own sense of me. If we felt that, then it wouldn't be I'm doing them for God. I'm doing them for me. For me. And me, and that would be what I God. Okay, I'm more godly, so I'm right, right, yeah. So, and just put this very simply, like, let's say a person really likes being a rabbi. I'm using this because I'm a rabbi, right? They really like being a rabbi. They're, they're, they're good with it. They, they, they embrace that identity. It fits them. It's who they are. It's wonderful, yeah? How do they feel about putting on a hat and a jacket? It's good. It's good. It feels normal. It feels right, yeah? Okay. Let's say a person maybe even is a rabbi, but that's not, they really want to be a tailor. Yeah, it's like it's like he feels like he's like pretending to be someone that he's not, and it's and maybe it's really important, and he believes that he's convinced, and he'll do it, and a hundred, and that's all very nice, but it's not fulfilling anything within himself. It doesn't match him. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So this is the key thing. I could be, and I'm going to use these words. I could be a person with religious garments. I could also be. Godly with human garments. If I'm godly with human garments, I could be human. I could be human, a person, and wear religious garments. What would that be? What would that mean? Should I make a. We have a cool board. I think it's being human wearing. That's right. That's where most of us, when we're. I'm for sure Okay. So. I, you, you guys prefer I write in English or Hebrew? What's the second option? I'll, I'll, there's four options. Seichel. Okay. And Midos. And then there's garments. 
okay? And you can be human, and you can be goggle. You can be human, and you can be goggle. Okay, give me an example of a human garment. No, there's an analogy. So garments are thought, speech, and action. Eating, driving. Eating, driving, going to work, going to sleep. Right. Right? Changing diapers, doing laundry, brushing your teeth. Godly garments? Sadaka, davening, tefillin, the words of davening, not the inner meaning, right? just the words. Okay. Uh, making kiddish, hearing the Megillah, right? Okay. Having obviously Cyril, I'm not saying much tomorrow. Right, but w- the knots are a little more complicated. We're going to say the, not, the, the, the not saying much tomorrow is like something you don't do. We'll, we'll deal with that later. Okay, what would be, what would be human seich lamidus? I lost my job because the economy is down. I really want to have a 401k so that I can retire in peace and security. Those are human seich and human midas, right? Mm-hmm. I want to go out with my friends. Yeah. Okay. Godly seich godly midas. God is amazing. He, 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 he gives this table reality just right there. It's like he's just so amazing. What about like the amazement of the concept of the shachabratis? That's also, right? Yeah. Yeah. God is so lot stable. God is so one and you know, say and then I really want to be closer to him. I really don't want to, things to get in the way between us. Those is that are godly and human? Those are godly. And human, it's no. also in the human column. No, because I'm now doing Seikh the Uh Now what happens like this? Okay. So now there are some people I'm just gonna use this example like um, they think that we use money as a standard. M- money is good. I want money. I go to work. So money is good. That's your seichel, how you perceive reality. You want money. What's that? Your meat is how you feel. And then what's this person doing? What garments are they wearing? My Right? What are they do? What garment? Is that, a hum- is, that a, is that a mitzvah to go to work? No. That's no. no, a human garment, right? So this person has seichel and midas. They, they are a human being. They experience life as a human being. And they are wearing what kind of garments? Human garments. That's pretty, like, it's all smooth. It works nicely. Like, this person, like, if that was, like, that's pretty peaceful, right? Okay. God is great. I love God. I'm lighting a Shabbos candle. How does that work? What does this person say? Well, how do they perceive reality? God is great. What do they feel? I love God. And what do they do? It's all smooth, right? I'm just using an example, right? You can fit in everything, right? I'm saying, I'm making a bracha. I fear God. I fear separation. Like you change things. God is, God is, God is not great. God is loving. Whatever. Yes. I have a question. So, what if going to work is like going to the store and buying something? Because if you're going to teach someone Torah, just for example. Like, you're just, like that's your job. 
So how does that not be job. I have a rel I have a relative who refers to what I do as going to work, and every time they say that, I cringe inside. Why? Because I don't feel like I'm going to work. I, oh. I, don't, I don't have a job. Then what are you doing here? You're jobless. Take your phone. I teach Torah. <laughs> but that's a job. Yeah, but so so I, I'm just gonna tell you the way I, I relate to it psychologically. If it's not a job, what is it? It's a calling. It's what calling. I do. That's like what you I get paid. Oh yeah. Yeah, but this is very important. This is very important. No, but this is very, this is very important. If my finances were taken care of, no, 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 that's fine. No, but if, you guys, if my finances were taken care of, You'd still do I would still do this. And the only reason I wouldn't do this, if you didn't believe if, it. If the only reason I wouldn't do this is like literally like I like, couldn't pay our bills and I ha have to do something else. Okay, I have to do something else. But like I'm not, that's, I'm not. I want to make money. What's a good way to make money? Like, that's that's. Hmm. It, it's it's, which is why like I mean the honest truth is like. At, and a lot of a lot of rabbis like this. They don't like. Okay, well, this is my job, and like, how much should I do? And like, they're like, oh, like, like I do as much as I can, and like, I, I need I need to have enough money that I can keep doing it. It's it's kind of the reverse. It's like I need money in order that I don't have to go get a job so that I can teach that's people so Torah. Nice. That's more of the mindset. No, that's really nice. So would that type of thing? I think a lot of your job. In the like human and human one. Yeah. So, but this person is going to work. Like, yeah, like, like, like I'm telling you, like, if I was independently wealthy, I would do the same thing. Like, like you could tell the people who are working in business and they were independently wealthy, they don't have to be teaching tomorrow. That's fine. That's oh. my point. My point. So then, why are they in business? They're in business. Because they're Exactly. So that's. But then, someone who really wants so money is at peace. No, no, no. So now let's do this. Okay. Now let's say like this. Some person says, a person, um, they think God is great. This is. This is how they see the world. God is great. I love God. Uh, and I'm going to work. That's the same. Oh, okay. To work. Not I'm a rabbi, not I'm teaching Torah. Like, I'm going to the office and, like, typing up forms. How is that a so, result of... Oh. God is great. I love uh, God. Uh, no, 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 no. I yeah. did this wrong. That one's supposed to be over here. Sorry. God is great. Mm -hmm. I love God. The only thing you're changing is one time you're doing a mitzvah, another time you're doing a human action right. with your thoughts that you still love God. Now, this person, right? You see how in here there would be like some sort of harmony in their life? Because what they're doing is fitting yeah. who they are. And here, there's dissonance. Yeah, it just doesn't work with the other two. What, what other two? You're saying, God is great, I love God, I'm going to work. Okay, well, clear, that's my point. It doesn't fit, right? It right. doesn't fit. That's the exact point. The garment doesn't match the wearer, right? right? You have human garments, but godly seichlamidos, you you're wearing the wrong garments. It doesn't fit. You can do it. Maybe there's a good reason to do it, right? Like, because like, if you don't go to work, then you won't have food. You won't have food. You won't be able to buy the candle. Like, fine. I think Hashem is fine with the, that. It's not thing. about Hashem, though. I mean, I think our like this is fine with that. No, it's not. It can. It needs a lot of therapy to come to deal with this. So then we're going to work. Yeah. This is where the Nephilim like, case feels right. comfortable. That's where the. But we're in a world. Which is why the Nephilim case has problems. Yes. I can solve it. Okay. Right. This so, is a that was a topic. 
Well, it's not. Tyler said it's gonna be poor. Do you like? Do you like cleaning your room? No. Most people don't like cleaning the room. Okay. That doesn't mean they don't do it, but like, if you had to spend most of your life cleaning rooms, you would probably have a lot of dissonance between who you were as a person and what you're doing, right? You can choose to do it. There might be reason to do it, but okay, there's a dissonance. What? This is the box where most of us are most of the time, by the way. Right? Most of us are not. I mean, sometimes we're like this, right? Oh, so can I tell you? Sure. Money is good. This is a human seichlamidos. I'm lighting charm candles? Yeah, I'm lighting charm candles. Now, is there a dissonance there too? Yeah. between the garments and the Seichel Midos. The Seichel and Midos, which part is you? Which part is the person? Is there a marker that works? No, the red. The red. There is no red marker. <laughs> okay. That's, right? This is stuff that you can't really change without changing yourself. Okay. There's the red I take it back. There's our marker. Okay. It does not work. Okay. Well, that's you, right? This is like if you want to change, if you want to change your cycle, I mean, that means working on yourself, changing yourself, developing your own. Okay. Now, right? For a person to move from money is good to God is great, that's a, that that's something you just decide to do, or that's a change that takes time and working on yourself, right? So changing that perspective on reality. Is changing yourself. Going from I want money to I want God, that's changing. That's changing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Going to work versus lighting a Shabbos candle, does that require you to change who you are as a person? No. 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 So this is you. This is a different version of you. This is you. This is a different version of you. Now, but here's the thing. Over here, the clothes match the wearer, mm -hmm. right? So a person who, like, only thought money was good, and all I want is money, I'm going to work and making money, like, great, life is wonderful. God is great, I love God, I'm lighting Shabbos candles. This person? More myself. God is great, I love God. Oh. Lighting Shabbos candles. <laughs> They're fine, right? She, fine, thriving. She, this person's thriving, right? Who's the ones with the problems? <laughs> no, God is good, and I'm going to work. I God, mean, God is good, is, I love God I'm now. I'm going to work, that and money is good. I want money, I'm money, child, child, child. The one who's saying God, money is good, and money, child, child, child. We're both of those, I think. Both. Often, yeah. Often. Okay, okay, so now understand this. There's two problems here. There's the problem of how does the godly soul deal with the fact that you have to go to work, right? And there's the fact that, like, I'm living this religious life, but I'm not so godly. Right? These are, right? But this problem comes about because of the dissonance between garments and Sanchomidos, because garments aren't who you are. So, Many religious people. Right, so you know, you're saying, we're, yeah. You want to you want to know what defines a religious Jew? Uh -oh. 
A religious Jew is somebody who goes like this three times a day and thinks about business. And makes shopping list. And all sorts of other stuff. Because standing and swaying and saying words is all garments. Right? Actually feeling connected to Hashem that he's listening to you. That has to do with your... Right? If we all felt that Hashem was obviously paying so undivided attention to us... What? It's not bad. It's just do they match? I don't want like, the board. We didn't talk about anything sinful. Just they don't match. It's not that it's bad. It's just something you need to work on. And so there's this. So the thing is, the godly soul, in addition to having its own character, its own being, God that knows something about God, it feels something towards God. There's also the fact that their garments that it feels like really match it. Yeah. If we felt this way, would we be doing mitzvahs because God wants us to do mitzvahs or because we want to do mitzvahs? If we felt like the godly soul fully developed, would we want we want to do mitzvahs for ourselves? Right. It fits us. Right. This is very important. The first half of this chapter, why are we doing mitzvahs? For who? Me. For us. And so if I'm and, and so because these garments they they fit me. Now they only fit me if I if what part of me is developed. Then like it. And if that's not developed, I can have the exact same garments, but then they feel like they don't fit me. And then that split becomes big enough, well, people I'm have problems. Well, stop pretending. One person at a time. Let's start over here and work our way around the room. Yes. Is this what we're aiming to? There's no aiming, we're describing. There's no aiming until chapter 10. So we're saying. I'm just describing, but you can see that this was smooth, and this is smooth, and this is going to have problems, this is going to have problems, and I'm like, okay, that's just... Right, but the problem is that the, the smooth one might also have problems in this world. Like, I don't know... I mean, the, point, the, the problem is that you just can't be lighting Shabbos candles all day, right? The problem is that at some point you go to work. Right, I'm saying if someone is Seychelmides and his whatever... Okay. The problem is who you are and what you do, they, we would like them to match. Do they match? No, no. Not always, okay? But you have to understand that, that what we're doing, we have a sense they ought to match. When they match, it's all wonderful. And now we're talking about matching who? The godless soul or the animal soul? The godless soul. Yeah. So would it fall into the bottom left if like, you're not a rabbi, you're like, God is great, I love God, and you want to go to work, but like, you want... Your motivation for work is to do and bring godliness into your work or into... That adds a whole new level to this I don't want to get into. Because now what you're doing is talking about things that are means to ends and, and, and then you're not talking about the, just the thing that I'm doing fitting me. Right? You're talking about like making a long-term strategic plan about things. It's like me going down to the sewer. It's like maybe important, but it's not like... What? Okay. So, last question that I want to summarize and then we're going to end. I think I know, I know the answer, but I, maybe because you answer things differently, maybe you won't have the answer. Um, but is it true that you can't, I want money, and I love God both? That is true, but we will only get to that in chapter 9. But you can't. You can't live a life of I want God and I want money? Yeah. Why? If Hashem puts both of them, then why not? 
Shem also made smallpox and, you know, malnutrition of children. Just because Hashem does something doesn't mean that we're in favor of it. We should always keep that in mind, okay? Yeah, but he's asking us to overcome that challenge. Why can't we constantly think completely? I'm not saying half think that God is good. I love Hashem, and I also want money. Why can't you have both? You want the true answer? Yeah. If you knew what Hashem was... And then you wouldn't ask the question. There, there's no the things that like it's like children, children like when I'm gonna be an adult, I'm gonna eat ice cream all day, and I'm gonna go to bed whenever I want, and no one's gonna tell me what to do. All we just conclude is this person doesn't know what mean what adult life actually is, because if they did, they they would never they, they would never draw that conclusion that that's like remotely feasible. So a little bit like it's kind of like an amateur brain. Yeah, it's like. I think God is like, I don't know, some fluffy thing that a two-year-old thinks. Which is fine, but like most of us do, but then... So, bottom line, if we want to change our seichel, what we perceive, and our midas, how we feel about things, that means changing who? It means changing who we are. Is that something we can just do at will? No. No. But what we think, what we say, what we do, we can change at will. Yes. And that creates an issue, is what I'm saying, thinking, and doing, matching who I am. We're gonna do the rest of this class assuming that we are our nefesh elokis. Even though we all know that we spend a lot of time over here, we're gonna pretend. Spend a lot, all time. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about this. How does the godly soul feel about its garments? They match it, what does it mean they match it? How does that? Right? The whole entire chapter is going to be focusing on developed seichamidus of the godly soul, person who their godly soul is vibrant, and they're doing things that match them. Later in Tanya, it talks about other versions, other permutations of this issue. Okay? Tomorrow we'll talk about the differences between thought, speech, and action.